You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the Good morning, everybody. It's Annie here for Showreel, and uh, today we've got a live guest. We've got Sarah Lamberg in the studio with her film, uh, The Lies That We Tell Ourselves. But before we get on to that, I want to tell you about the $10,000 prize for science fiction screenwriting. Uh, it's open, the entries for the John Hind Award. Now, you may be a person who writes screen uh um, screenplays and uh, science fiction buffs so you should go to the a the Australian Writers Guild website get to get all the information about it because it closes on the 7th of February at 5pm. There's a variety of different issues uh, around uh, how you can be, um, enter and all that sort of stuff and what they're after and all the rest of it. But, you know, $10,000 is not to be sneered at, uh, especially when it's the craft that you love and uh, desire to uh, be catapulted into frame and glory with. So it's the uh, John Hind Award for Excellence in Science Fiction Writing. Now that I've got that off my chest, we now can go to the filmmaker of the day. G'day, Sarah, how are you? Hi, I'm really good. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, it is really nice to see you. And I've, I've spoken to you twice before and it was because you'd made these really interesting um, uh, feature films, Innuendo and Westermark Effect, and uh, you've been really, really uh, productive. Uh, but this film is a reflection on your filmmaking experience, isn't it? The lies we tell ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I shot it when I went to film festivals screening my first feature film, Innuendo, and I just wanted to make a little bit more of that trip and those trips of attending film festivals. So I, um, yeah, shot a new film. <laughs> That's, this is uh, one of the things about you. Uh, you are a real go-getter. You just... Nothing stops you. You're actually from Finland and you've made Australia, you've got dual citizenship and so you've made Australia home, right? Yeah, that's right. I've been here for 14 years now. Yeah, that's right. And um, and I must say that some of the things that you talk about in uh, the lives that we tell ourselves uh, are really interesting because I was telling somebody that I was going to interview you and I said, oh, you know, you've made these amazing films. I've seen these films and I, I watch them and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know anything about this person. I, I watch it and I think, oh, these are actually really good. And not to mention that they uh, provide... Uh, entrees for the people who want to act and the technical people and all the rest of it, all the people that genuinely don't get a look in. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, look, for me, it's very important to just showcase everyone included in the filmmaking because it's such a it's such a collaboration and like um, film wouldn't be complete without each one of those people. So, yeah, for me, that's that's one of the very important things is that you work together and uh, and then together you have this this art piece to celebrate. And so it's a mockumentary. Tell me about how, how you uh, decided on this form, because the previous ones have been quite intense personal journeys. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you don't think this one's intense. <laughs> well, it, it's not like it's completely frivolous. <laughs> 
Yeah, look, um, I guess I set out to do do a comedy, or maybe it became a comedy because of the nature of, of making it. Um, it. It's a completely improvised film. So I set out to do scenes um, with actors uh, in those film festival locations. I may have told them this is the general idea of the scene, but then all the, um, all the dialogue um, is improvised. And maybe that's what really makes it so comical. Maybe that's just how people Is that really talk. true? Like yeah. You actually, like the uh, sequence that you've got uh, uh, Jane Badler doing her sequence. Completely improvised. Really? Completely improvised, yep. So this is all about how people, because we have to explain to listeners that what you're doing in this film is one, one you uh, there's a stream in it that's all about how you keep getting knocked back for funding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, I mean, I used to know a person who was a filmmaker who used to have on their wall from the ceiling, and they used to live in one of those high, high uh, ceilinged houses where they had uh, all from the t- roof right down running across the floor all their rejection letters for funding. Hmm. I wonder if you can make a house out of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, it, it, you, you have all these sequences where the person goes, uh, so was that improvised too? Yes, yeah, everything's improvised. So the person who was playing the uh, representative of, you know, Screen Australia or whoever um, has obviously had an intimate relationship with rejection letters as well because she then goes into things like, which I thought was hilarious, eventually she says, well, you know, we do have an opening where you can answer the phones here. Would you feel like, <laughs> do you feel, yeah. and and you have to think to yourself, is that because you look you're the way you do or is it because you're a female or, you know, or they don't take you seriously? Yeah, look, Samantha Greenwood is a great actor and, and she just... Um, really took on board everything I told her about my real experiences on how some of these conversations with funding bodies have been in the past. And, yeah, she really embodies all of that in one person. Yeah. Yeah. Even down to this, you can't possibly be the writer, the director and the producer. Yeah, it's it's based in a real conversation that I, I had with a funding body representative, actually. Yeah, this was after I'd already been a writer, director, producer of a film. But, yeah, I suppose you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty staggering, I thought. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then, then it moves on to uh, the bigger, wider world experience of uh, uh, slimy uh, people who want to bed you in order to uh, – pretending that you might get some money out of it. Yeah, and, and some of that is definitely based on, like, everything that's been raised by the Me Too campaign. And all of these issues are still today quite prevalent with some of the um, Oscar nominations and some of the very major um, drivers of Barbie, for example, not being nominated for their work. I think it's just, yeah, it's interesting. It's heartbreaking that it's still happening, um, that, you know, females across film industry are being so... I don't know. I don't even know what's the right word. Um, marginalised. Well, um, it, it could be. Um, I mean, really, if you look at it, uh, it's a bit like that thing about uh, if you're going to be hiring somebody, you often hire the person that ref- ref- mirrors yourself. So if you've got an industry that has such a high level of one gender, uh, deciding on the future of every everybody in the industry... Uh, or age group or whatever, then um, they're going to only be able to see 
what they consider to be interesting. Yeah, well, there we go. I'm here. I'm volunteering for all the funding bodies. I am someone that's not a male and I'm happy to receive all the funding and then employ all of those non-male <laughs> actors and directors and, and crew members as well. I'm I'm volunteering for that position. <laughs> yeah, you think the world won't fall down? <laughs> it's radio. You've got to respond. <laughs> mm, yeah. You respond to that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, there are other elements that on that same theme. Uh, I, I, um, you, you do some very creative things in this film, and the film we're talking about is the lies we tell ourselves, and it's going to be shown at the Lido on the first of February at seven p.m. It's a Thursday, so. Uh, it's a nice thing to go and do on a Thursday evening at 7pm uh, at the Lido in Hawthorne uh, to go and see this film because it's quite a reflection on uh, the experience of a filmmaker uh, who's done, a, you know, done the hard yards but uh, is still, in a sense, being considered to be um, an interloper in a funny kind of way, which I find really bizarre because you've actually done the hard yards. And I was really fascinated by some of the ideas that you had in the film to get across some of these ideas, uh, that are your experiences. One of them that was fascinating was, of course, the uh, Melbourne University sequence. Well, people who live in Melbourne will recognise many of the places that, you know, you, you've got overseas locations, but you also have Melbourne locations. And one of them that's really fascinating is that whole sequence about mansplaining and the uh, use of the uh, uh, pillars in the, I think it's the old either arts or law building um, in at uh, Melbourne University. That was a really interesting sequence with the two young men. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that sequence. Uh, and yeah, it was the old arts section of, of the Melbourne University. And uh, yeah, um, again, fully improvised. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, um, Ezel uh, Derek and Andy Hazel of, of that section. Again, I provided them with ideas of, of the kind of content that I want. But then all, actually that, that section I... I made by interviewing them. So I asked them questions about the film and then I let them explain what the film was and then that was what those sections became. So so that part is more like an interview. Yeah, and that's why it's got that um, coherence. It's really fascinating. But also the way you've married it with them moving around in that space. It, it's, it's a very clever piece of filmmaking, I thought. Oh, thank you. And I also this is why I come here, <laughs> just for the compliments. <laughs> no, no, I found it really interesting. It was really well done. And also it gave us the um, – it, it, one thing I found really fascinating about it was that it really um, made us look at the way they both walked and their physicality and their youngness and their maleness, which was really interesting. And there's a sequence in it where uh, – and, you know, their full you know, confidence in the way they're speaking – but um, then at the end, you have a, two, uh, a woman walk through who's, you know, just sort of, and, and it breaks the spell. It breaks the spell. I mean, she's not a good looking woman. She's not a, she's just a woman woman. You know what I mean? You know, she's not anything other than a person walking in the street. You know what I mean? And um, that was a fascinating, you do, of course, nothing happens by accident in a film, not when, because you, you did the editing, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this film was actually, 
created in the edit more than anything else. So because it didn't have a script, because it was fully improvised, I just had lots of material that I collected in these different shooting locations. And then the story actually got only created on the editing process. That's when I, that's when I came up with the plot. That's when I came up with this is the sort of a storyline of the film. Yeah, right. So what you're working on, the idea that the subconscious, you had something that you wanted to say, but you're not sure what the subconscious wanted to say. Yeah, no, I had no idea when I when I was filming all of it, what it would become. It was more about the journey of creating material. And then when I had all that material, putting it together in a way that makes some kind of a sense, hopefully, to a viewer. Yeah. And tell me just as a matter of interest, how that relates to your experience of making a narrative form film? What, what's it taught you? Ah, oh, it's, uh, it's taught me so many things and so many things that I learn. I, I cannot really vocalize or, or talk about. So maybe they're just going to go into my next film, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I talk a lot better through my work than through my mouth, if that makes sense. So I'm hoping that people will just come and watch the film and, and that is the explanation to most questions that you have, I think. <laughs> you rotten interviewer <laughs> for a radio show. Um, you're on Showreel with Annie and we're talking to Sarah Lambig about her wonderful new film, The Lies We Tell Ourselves. But before we do, we'll uh, to the last part of the program, we'll uh, hear from um, the Setting Sun people. The 11th annual Setting Sun International Film Festival is calling for entries for its 2024 festival. Enter your short film or feature and help celebrate the occasion. There are loads of great prices, including $1,000 for best film. For your chance to be in the running and see your film screened at the gorgeous Sun Theatre or at Kindred Studios, both in Yarraville, head to settingsun.com.au. Entries close on the 31st of January 2024. Setting Sun is a 3CR supporter. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. And you're back with Annie on Showreel and we've got uh, filmmaker Sarah Lamberg in the studio. She's got a film out called The Lies We Tell Ourselves. It's got a uh, screening at uh, Lido Cinemas in Hawthorne. Uh, all you have to do is catch the train to uh, Glenfrey and it's just up there, 7pm uh, on the 1st of February. That's a Thursday. Now, uh, Sarah, one of the things that is a key um, theme in the uh, film is uh, the film industry and its reception of new talent. Uh, what's been your experience? Um yeah, I think, and, and going a little bit to the previous questions of what I've learned is that everyone in the film industry is guesstimating all the time. That's perhaps the biggest thing I've learned. Um, that, you know, higher up you go, the more you realize that everyone is guesstimating. No one knows what's going to be trending. No one knows what they should be making. They're just guessing and they're just um, making up things as they go. And perhaps that's how my film is also 
sort of representing the entire industry how we just make up things and everything's kind of improvised all the time and then some things work and other things don't work and some things become a big hit when we didn't expect them to become a big hit and and vice versa some big films just completely flop and yeah I think that's that's one of the things that has become very um very sort of real for me the the longer I've been observing this yeah the uh it's it's quite fascinating the packaging of films and also the uh, it, it what it is is a cross section one of the cross sections between art and business basically yeah and I'm really keen to learn more and more about the business side of things art is where I come from art is where I grew up and art is my my core but obviously I want to understand everything around the business of film industry just to be able to support that art better. Yeah, and I notice, so for example, in the uh, film, you start with this thing about trying to represent your projects in a way that you think might tailor to this business uh, model. And one of them is uh, uh, displaying the stars that you have in the film. In fact, you do, you have got quite, you've got a couple of different, like you even make um, quite funny jokes around uh, famous people lookalikes. It's quite (laughs) funny, it's quite hilarious. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, L- Larry David is is in there for sure. Um, Jane Badler is a real Jane Badler. Is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. That was a very funny. Film. That was a very funny oh, sequence. She just uh, she had she had no limitations of what she was go- willing to do for this film. Just she plays this absolute horrible, horrible star and she's actually a lovely lovely person in real life so <laughs> oh no I can't I can't do anything n- nude I'm I just I'm just so grateful I'm so famous <laughs> and she's going to do it nude. well yes because she's only an up-and-coming nobody <laughs> yeah it's it's quite outrageous how outrageous she comes across but yeah no definitely not playing herself <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, so funny. Yeah, but it, of course that indeed is playing off people and situations that have actually happened. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, again, all of it, even if it is fictional, and that's why I call it a mockumentary, is based in real experiences and, and real things that I've seen and experienced and heard. Yeah. The other thing that was interesting was that, it, well, they were pure art, really, but they were hearkening back to pieces of Hollywood, really, which was the uh, the staircases and the red dress and the laying things back onto the staircase and the uh, unexpected uh, behaviours of people in a sort of almost surreal way. Yeah, I guess that's my way of playing with some of the institutions that we associate with film industries, such as the red carpet and the posing element on that. I I just like to play with that and change things around. And even on the 1st of February premiere, there will be a surprise element and people can come at 6pm and, and play with our red carpet before the film starts at 7pm. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> worth, worth coming a little bit earlier and seeing what kind of mischief we get up to. Oh, that's really great. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, you you um you really are uh, to me a uh, a one person show. Except of course you're not. You've got all these people. Uh, the person I was telling about talking to you, what I said was that you're you are amazing because you're able to get other people to do these things with you. 
I mean, this is a, this is what this is the quintessential uh, element of a director of a film. Thanks. I don't know. I I see myself as facilitator of a, of a play, like on the playground, and I remember being that bossy kid on the playground. Actually, <laughs> that just made sure that everyone had their turn in skipping. Like that, that, I saw that as my role. It wasn't that anyone was, you know, better than anyone else, but they all had their, you know, equal amount of skipping time or equal amount of playing time. And that was sort of my role from quite early on. And that's the same in, in film. I'm there to make sure that everyone can play. Yeah. And that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. And, and so everyone does want to come and play with you. Yeah, I do get approached a little bit as well for, for various different things. And, and that's been also played with in the film where there's some proposals that are perhaps not... <laughs> a bit kooky. <laughs> perhaps a bit... Well, they make assumptions. Unexpected. <laughs> but that, that's also about the assumptions that are made, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like I, I love that ability for grown-ups to play. And for us to not lose that ability to be playful and to be... I think that's the best way of learning about other people around you is playing with them. Playing games and being playful. That's, yeah. I, even at university when I was studying theatre and choreographic practices, yeah, I did my thesis on improvisation and play within uh, creating material. So I guess I'm carrying that with me still. Yeah, because I was actually going to ask you about that because why did you choose film? I mean, there's lots of different ways that people can be uh, express themselves, but why was film so uh, charismatic to you? For some reason, it it it's a, it just speaks to me because it combines so many different art forms that I love. There's the acting, there's the visuals, there's the music. It comes so close to you. I feel like in theatre, there's always like a there's there's a separation in between the audience and the um, and the stage, and and of course some theatre makers would play with that and come closer but but I just love that how film can come you know you can see pupil you can you can get really close to a person and in terms of performances I feel like they have to be much more real on film than perhaps on stage where you have to be a bit bigger so that the last audience member at the last row can see you and hear you whereas on film um, it's just very close up and everything's much more authentic for me personally um, that's what I like about it. And uh, yeah, I think I'm also a bit of an introvert. And for me, in some ways, film as a format is better than than the extroverted theatre. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no, it does make sense. It also means that you can see it uh, again and again and again. Yeah. To be able to appreciate what it is that you found so attractive. Yeah, totally. And then have a different experience next time. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite, I mean, it's quite interesting uh, because it tells you about time, but it also uh, dissolves time. And you do that in this film. Yeah, yeah. It's a play, playing with the concept of time as much as art as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, there was this lovely piece where you have with your friends because you use, oh, that was the other thing that you did, which was really amusing, uh, which is uh, the way you began the film was very funny. Uh, people should go and see it just to see the beginning of the <laughs> film because it's very funny. And then it goes into, I don't like voiceovers, but I'm going to use a voiceover. And I, and it's really funny because I, cause I do film reviews and sometimes I've seen films and said, what a lazy, lazy fallback position to have that voiceover. <laughs> yeah, so with this film, uh, when I was editing it, I um, I 
gave the edits for a few people to see and I asked for their feedback and from those rounds of feedback actually uh, came the suggestion of a voiceover which I then took on on board and that became a part of the final film. Yeah yeah because it's your personality I mean it's good it's good to have it there I'm the, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah and I, and I really wanted to not just do feedback rounds but actually take on those ideas from the people that did see the film because mm. I thought uh, that was just uh, that was just part of the journey of not just shooting and then you know now we make the film no we're, we're starting to make the film and then we uh, seek for feedback and then that also becomes a part of the film yeah so the reviews that are in the film within the film you already see reviews of this film yeah that's right and they are real yeah which is hilarious <laughs> and, and and you you do this thing where uh, so what you're doing is uh um it's uh all the incidental things, the coincidental things are inside the film. Yeah. Again, I just wanted to like collect all that material from the whole journey. Um, in, in some ways, it would be great if I could also like have the screening of the film somehow inside the film. Yeah. Maybe that's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Um, tell me, uh, I mean, I feel like asking you, what are you going to do next? Because that's very exciting too. And yeah. you, you are the sort of person who already will be doing something next. Well, I've, I've actually got a couple of other films completed. Uh, so there's a film called Coma and a film called Conversations with Spithead. And they are currently looking for their premieres, festivals, um, distribution. Um, I'll let you know when, when yeah, I have yeah. some news on those. But right now it's mainly just concentrating on the lies we tell ourselves and making sure that audiences get to see it if they want to. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, Sarah, it's, tell them again when, it, when it's on so they can go to it. Yeah, so come to Lido Cinemas uh, in Hawthorne next Thursday night, 1st of February. So arrive anytime after 6 o'clock and film starts at 7. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Always such a hoot. <laughs> coming up next is Published or Not and we'll go out with Life, Rain and Joy. Don't want to waste your life accusing and fighting Go back to the bush and ground yourself Listen to the spirits calling Or relate to the land and people Wake up in the morning here Another day 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.